You're listening to Treasuring Scripture, a podcast of the weekly teaching ministry of Lebanon Baptist Church, Roswell, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry, please visit us at LebanonBaptist.org. Let me invite you this morning to turn in your Bible to uh, Romans 8, uh, the text uh, and the chapter that we have been at for a number of weeks, and we will return there this morning. It is so good to see so many of you. I trust you've enjoyed singing a little bit extra today and uh, giving thanks for all that God has done for us. Thank you, Mark and musicians, for helping to lead us in this way. And uh, thank you for being here to join me in praising of, of Jesus Christ and what he's done. You know, as a pastor, sometimes as you go through the course of the week, it's easy to get discouraged and you, you hear different ones in the church like this person's sick, this person's sick, this person's going out of town or this person's in the hospital. I did a funeral just yesterday, so that person is definitely not coming to church this Sunday. And, and you're like, you get like Saturday night, like, is anyone going to be there? Is anyone going to be there? And, and you can get discouraged, like, uh, I mean, I prepared a message, and like, are, are people going to actually show up? And thank you for being here, okay? Thank you for coming. And uh, I was even surprised today, uh, one of my uh, former teachers, my history teacher, uh, showed up this morning to be in our service, as well as one of the interns that uh, served with me in one of my past ministries. When he was an intern, he had no family. It was just him. He's since been married, and he has five boys now. And so uh, it's just exciting how God just uses different people to even encourage you on a day like today. And so I'm glad you're here. We're going to zero in on just two verses here in Romans 8. I'm going to read verses 26 and 27. This is the word of the Lord. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Join me in prayer. Father, today... Lord, just two verses, but we need your divine help. In fact, even as I'm praying right now, I'm I'm thankful that your Holy Spirit is praying with me and uh, praying these requests according to the will of God. And today I ask that you would use this text to encourage your people uh, as we continue on our journey to heaven. We thank you that because of uh, Jesus Christ, uh, our destination is secure Uh, And that uh, we know that all of these events that come our way, uh, you are using them for our good. But today, Lord, would you take these two verses and administer them to the needs of our heart today and help us to be encouraged by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, uh, we kind of officially enter uh, the week of Thanksgiving. And with that, no doubt, Many of you have blessings that God has brought into your life this year, but of course, nothing is more significant for any of us who are believers than our relationship with Jesus Christ. We have so much to be thankful for. The truth of the gospel is really the message of the whole book of Romans. 
Romans administers to you all that God has accomplished for you that you can be thankful for. In fact, uh, Paul opens up the letter in Romans 1 by thanking God that this particular group of people who had understood the gospel, that their faith was being proclaimed in all the world. You and I have so much to be thankful for this Thanksgiving. Why? Because in our lives, we deal really with our greatest problem, which is sin and death and hell. And then we maneuver a bunch of smaller problems. And probably many of you, if you were to just share some of the things that you're up against, they're, they're significant. Maybe you wouldn't say they're small, but in comparison to your biggest problem, which was hell, death, sin, they're much smaller than that. As believers, he has dealt with the greatest need, your salvation, and now he promises to help you navigate all of the smaller needs in life. And this particular section of Romans chapter 8 is another one of, you could say, the towers on this castle that surround your impregnable salvation. And you can walk around it and you can look at all these towers and say, look what God's done here and look what God's done here and look what God's doing in this area of my life. And you can know, and I hope by the end of Romans chapter 8, as we have done a city walk around the towers, you're able to say, wow, I am secure and I can thank the Lord for what he's done for me. Because really, I think that it's thanksgiving and praise that really drive our spiritual lives. And if, if maybe right now you say, I'm broken down, okay? Well, I hope you'll join in the praise. And here's one of the towers you can rejoice in. Today, I want you to see that you have someone praying for you. I, I've always been encouraged when people have come up to me or texted me or emailed me and said, hey, Pastor Brian, I want you to know I pray for you every day uh, or I pray for you in this particular area. Maybe something was going on in my life and they say, I prayed for you. That's always an encouragement to me. In our text today, you're going to find that there is someone who is always praying for you. The message of these two verses is this. Believers, you've got someone perfect praying for you. You've got the Holy Spirit praying, interceding for you. So that's what we're going to look at today. Very, very simple. Believers, you've got the Holy Spirit praying for you. And if you'll notice, you probably see this often. I love using exclamation points, okay? I probably use them a little bit too much, okay? But what else to use when you've got truth like this? Believers, you've got the Holy Spirit praying for you. We're going to look at two things this morning. We're going to look at our need and his help. Our need, his help. So let's look first of all at our need. In our text, we see that you and I have a present need and it's exposed here. What he does is he states it generally and then he states it specifically. So let's see how he states it generally in verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Now, remember the context here. 
uh, we were here last week, Paul is explaining that if you're a son of God, for at least a little bit of time until your future glory, you are going to encounter bouts of suffering. This suffering, we learn, comes from the fall. All of us are living in the shadow of the fall. What this text says is that you and I are experiencing now weakness. Now, some people say, is this just due to our sin? Yes, sin has a part of it, but I think he's speaking much more generally. We're just weak people. We can't do this spiritual life on our own. We're messed up. None of us have the individual strength or power or resources or capabilities to do what we've been called to do. I mean, when you read the New Testament and all the things that he says for you to do when it comes to one another and to serve him, and then he tells us all these things that we're not supposed to do, it's like, dude, this is like too much for me. I am too weak. I mean, I can start out with willpower, but I lose it really quickly. And what we have to realize is that we do have weakness, Yes, we've been born again, but remember what Jesus says? The spirit truly is willing, but the flesh is weak. All of us who are getting older understand this more every day. As a young person, I mean, when you're in high school and college, you're like, you got lots of energy. You feel like, and at least I did, I felt like I could conquer the world. I mean, I'm going to be the next Billy Graham, okay? And uh, I'm going to conquer the world. I'm going to preach to millions and stuff like that. And then you're like middle age, like, man, I've lost all of this energy. And uh, I get, I sometimes have it in the morning, but it's not there. So you, you start with all this energy, and, and then you get to a certain age when it's like it's hard to go get the mail. Okay, it's like. Get that grandkid. Can you go get the mail? Okay. Because that's hard. We slowly, as we grow older, understand more and more of our weakness. When was the last time you realized that you couldn't do something on your own? I think I told you uh, we we got this really big ladder that's so big that there's no way for me to kind of lift it and, and leverage it to get it up on the house. So I... It's always been nice. I can pretty much do everything on my own. But now I'm like, okay, I need one of you kids to stand and leverage it while I push it up. I realize I'm weak. I, I, I don't have the strength to accomplish all the things I want to get done around the house. And in the same way in your spiritual life, as Christians, the longer you and I live, you're going to see more and more of your own weakness. You can't do it. You couldn't save yourself, and you can't sanctify yourself. So we see our need generally with our weakness, but now he states our need specifically. Go to the end of verse 26. He says, likewise, the Spirit helps in our weakness, for we don't know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words. And what he says here specifically is this, we don't know what to pray for specifically in our spiritual lives. We are 
ignorant. Interesting, in the book of Romans, you run into a number of these, state, of these uh, statements where it says, we know, we're going to come to one in the next text where it says, we know that all things work together. There's a number of these we knows. This is one of the times in Romans it says, we don't know. We don't know what to pray in the situations in life so often that come into our lives. We are ignorant. You remember uh, going to Cracker Barrel? And as you're waiting to order, there's that little game that they're famous for. The little triangular game with the golf tees. And you're supposed to jump them and leave the fewest amount of tees. Do you know? You remember that? And you're always trying to leave one because that means you're like really smart. And then there's, there's, if you leave like two, I think it says you're pretty smart. But if you leave four, you remember what it says? You're a ignoramus. You're ignorant. And you just don't know how to play this game. Well, what he's saying here is this. When it comes to so often in our prayers, we don't know what to pray to God for in all the different challenges of our Christian life. And oftentimes what we do is we pray for the wrong thing. Okay, I grew up uh, in a family that often, uh, we, we listened to a lot of country music as a kid. And one of the country songs that I remember when I was growing up was, uh, Thank God for unanswered prayers. And it's the little story, you know, you know country music, and of course they always say, if, if you listen to a country song backwards, you get your wife back, your dog back, uh, and your girlfriend back. Uh, but of course this one's telling of how uh, he always prayed that this would be the girl that he would marry, and then he runs into, they're at a, or a, some sort of uh, reunion, and he's like, oh, I'm so glad that God didn't answer that prayer, okay? You know what, that's what this text is saying. It says we are people so often that don't pray right. We're weak generally, and we don't know what we should pray for as we ought to. So here at Lebanon Baptist Church, I'm looking at a number of you who are navigating some pretty difficult situations. Know this, first of all, that your biggest problem, check, it's already been accomplished. He has saved you. You have eternity waiting for you. But there are a lot of little problems that are going to come our way. You and I are weak when it comes to navigating them. And we oftentimes don't know how to pray about those situations properly. Maybe you're a teenager here and you've got some very complex social situations that you're up against. And of course, we know teens. I mean, what teenagers are facing and the issues that they are facing even today can be very, very hairy. Not only that, every teenager grows up under flawed leadership. All of us provide flawed leadership. All of us have to live under flawed leadership. At the same time, 
Those are the years that you're trying to make the most crucial decisions of your life. Like, who am I going to marry? Who, where am I going to college? What am I going to major in? It's like, it could be really easy to just give up. And at the same time, you're suffering from limited Bible knowledge because you've only been able to drink from the, the water fountain so long and limited life experience. How do I deal with all of that weakness? Maybe you're a young single and you're navigating the dating scene in 2023. And it looks a lot different than you could say 20 years ago. So many people who are out there are looking to just get what they want sexually. And it's frustrating. You're dealing with it and you're like, how do I pray in reference to my future and, and maybe it's just decisions in reference to employment. Do I move up? Do I leave a good job? How do I deal with all of this? Maybe you're young parents, and the older and older your kids get, you realize how inept you are at parenting. You're saying, I'm ignorant with this. I look back, and I remember, I mean, I'm, I'm now like kind of in the middle of my parenting years, and I'm like, man, it was a lot easier when I was wiping noses, okay? It, it's, it's, there's new complexities. There's new things that I'm up against, and, and I think, okay, it's, and when, I'm, when I'm an empty nester, oh, that's when things will settle down, and I, I had lunch with a guy who's about 10, 15 years beyond me, and he was just telling me, he's this, man, it's never been as hard now that my kids are gone and they have their own families. I'm praying a whole lot more. And I'm like, it's not going to get easier. This is tough. We're weak. We don't know what to pray in reference to all of these things. At Lebanon Baptist Church, we're confronted with so many issues on our journey to heaven. We're now confronted with the LGBTQ plus issues how to navigate that in our own families, in our own workplaces, health issues that can be so complex, counseling issues, and we don't have the strength. And when it comes to praying, we don't even know how to pray, the Bible says. Have you ever been to the place where you finally get down to pray and you're like, I'm empty? I don't, I don't even know where to go here. Thankfully, you don't need to know all things. And God not, didn't make you to be omniscient or know all things. Let me remind you that it's not what you know, it's who you know. And when you came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you got the whole package. For in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And when you got Jesus, you got the all-inclusive deal. And he knows your weakness. He knows that you don't know what to pray for. And when you received him, you got him by faith. You have peace with God. You have the Holy Spirit. You have sonship, you have access, you have security, and here he just adds to all of this mix of what you have, and he says this, not only do you have all these things, let me tell you another thing you got. 
You got something that the Holy Spirit is doing for you all the time. And that's where we come to my second point, and it's this. His help. Our text, as I've told you, is in the midst of a mountain peak of Romans chapter 8. And it is devoted to you to show you the assurance and the security of your salvation. Because you have been justified by faith, you are assured that God is going to help you all along the way until you get to heaven. Our text here lays out how God is going to help us. Now, once again, he tells us to us, just like he did with our need, he told us our need generally, and then he told us specifically our need. Now he tells us generally how God is going to help you, and then he's going to tell you specifically how he does it. First of all, generally, look at what it says in verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us. Okay, there it is. Generally, he is going to be your helper. And here we're highlighting the third person of the Trinity. He, of course, has been kind of the new spotlighted person in the Trinity in Romans chapter 8. In fact, it says, the verse starts out with, likewise. Now, whenever you see a word like that, you know that he's referring to something previously. Now, is he referring to the verses that come immediately prior to this, where he talks about the suffering? I don't think so. I think he's referring back to verse 16, where he, he has already told you what the Spirit is doing for you. He is your guarantee of your salvation. He bears witness to you that you are a child of God. So the Spirit does that, but that's not all that he does for you. And that's why I think he connects us. Likewise, let me tell you something else the Spirit does for you. He comes and he helps you. And the Greek word here is a, is a word that has some grit on it. It's intensive. It doesn't mean that he's just going to come and lend you a helping hand. It's not like, hey, I'll just dry a few of the dishes for you. Okay. What's happening here? It's more like this. The Holy Spirit comes to rescue us. He is our helper. Something that we could not do in and of ourselves. He's going to come and help us. In fact, remember in the Old Testament? You remember when man is created and he names all the different animals and he realizes that he doesn't have a counterpart? He's not going to make it? God gives him a what? A helper. He can't do it. And that's when he brings him Eve. And of course, uh, he is very excited. I've got a helper. I can't do this on my own. Well, the Bible says this to us. He is going to provide us a helper in our weakness. He's going to come alongside of us and rescue us in our predicament. So how does he do it? He he tells us this generally that he's going to help us, but then he tells us what he does specifically. It says that he intercedes with, for us. He's our advocate in all the affairs of this life. Now, how does he do this? Look at the end of verse 26. But the Spirit himself, and, and of course, he's emphasizing this, the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Now, 
He's interceding for you. And it says, with groanings too deep for words. Now, if you remember that word groan, we've seen this word groan already a couple of times in Romans 8. We saw that creation is groaning for the redemption of the body. Then we saw that we join the symphony of groaning with creation because we ourselves groan for the redemption of the body. But here, there's someone else who comes in. And it is the Spirit who also joins in the groaning. And what it says is he is now interceding to the Father in a way that can't even be expressed with our words. Okay, have you ever had a problem coming up with the right words to explain something? Okay, it happens to me all the time. Okay, particularly, okay, you know, husbands, when your wife asks you to maybe explain a conversation that you had with uh, a kid or, or a situation that happened at work, and it's like there's this block there. I can't remember. I just wish you were like sitting there so you could have heard the whole conversation because I have a really hard time remembering the whole conversation, remembering all the emotions that were part of the conversation, and trying to like get what's was communicated. I got it here, but I just can't get it out in words. It's like uh, it's like for me colors, okay. I, I only see the world like through the primary colors, okay, like, and two of them I have a hard time with since so I'm colorblind, red and green. So when like I'm talking to somebody, what color was that? I, I mean, I can think through the, like the primary colors, but with like Jen, she's like a Sherwin-Williams paint book, okay, <laughs> where she, she can describe things and illustrate things and, oh, that's this, this, this. Do you see what I mean? You and I... When it comes to explaining, like for me trying to explain colors to another person, I have limited amount of ability. But another person can explain it. Oh yeah, this is a this is auburn color. Like that's not a color. <laughs> that's a season. Okay? But what the spirit does is this, you and I who can't figure out the words and we have a hard time with it, he knows our situation, and he's incredibly good at explaining it. In fact, he's perfect at it. I'm probably one of the most, I mean, maybe in some areas I can be observant, but I I feel like I'm one of the most unobservant people, especially when it comes to like, I could say like, my leg's not feeling good. And like, and the doctor's just like, what about your legs not feeling good? Well, it's just not feeling good. And then they, they say, can you pinpoint it? And I'm like, I'm having a really hard time with pinpointing it. It just hurts. You know what? We as believers so often, when we go to the great physician, we, we're like, it just hurts right now. I can't explain it. But there is one who has the x-ray machine, the CAT scan, who knows everything about your situation. He knows all of your needs and he knows them 
He knows the problem perfectly, and he can communicate about the problem perfectly. In fact, Paul explains how this happens within the Trinity. Look what it says in verse 27. And he who searches the hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, the one who knows the heart, I believe that's referring to God the Father. That God the Father knows our hearts inside and out. In fact, you read through the Old Testament, a man sees the outside, but God sees the what? God sees the heart. And I could take you to text showing that God sees everything that's going on in our hearts. So if the Father knows everything that's going on in our heart, and he is one, the Bible teaches, with Jesus Christ, and he's one with the Spirit, our text says that the Father knows not only our hearts, but he knows the mind of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And they are always on the same page. They think perfectly together. They are one. Jen and I have been married for 25 years, or almost 25 years. We're coming on our 25th anniversary. We are a lot better at knowing each other's minds. I can oftentimes pick up, oh, I think you're probably thinking this, and sometimes I'm right. But sometimes I'm wrong. She says, no, that's not what I was thinking. Okay, and that's when I have to remind myself, he that answereth the matter before he heareth it is a folly and a shame unto him. So listen, grow in this. We as humans, we, in, in our marriage relationships, we ought to work at becoming more and more one. That's part of the marriage relationship. But within the Trinity, guess what? They are one all the time. They know each other perfectly. They work in perfect coordination with one another. And what this tells me is that the Father who knows my heart and the Spirit who has a mind to pray perfectly for me, they are in tune with one another and the Spirit always prays for me according to the will of God. He always prays for me in the right way. That means when we think that we may not have prayed right about a situation. Have you ever been there where it's like, I didn't pray right about that situation. I, I, I think I, I prayed wrong. I think I, I, I should have prayed specifically this. That would have been a better way to pray for it. Or maybe I didn't pray enough or I didn't do this or that. Know this. There is one who is always interceding for you and praying correctly for you in the will of God. Always. And it's going to be okay. Now, does that mean this? Does that mean, hey, he's praying all the time. He's got it covered. That means I what? I can save a lot of time by not praying. Is that the answer? Men ought always to pray and not to what? Faint. Pray without ceasing. 
Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Okay. You are not to go and say, Holy Spirit's got me covered, check mark. You and I are supposed to pray all the time and we ought to try and learn how to pray rightly. And we ought to grow in that, grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But take this to the bank. You and I who don't pray rightly, we mess up on a lot of occasions with how to handle certain situations. Know this, because you are a saint of God, there is one who is praying for you perfectly according to the will of God. And he is one who knows everything about you and there is perfect communion with the Father. And, and we're going to come to a verse that says this. If God did not spare his only son to help you in your situation, shall he not freely give you everything you need in your current situation? What a truth. You may be right now dealing with one of those, and I'll have to continue to say, small projects in your life. It's not a problem, really. It's a project. And it's that project on your way to final glory. It could be cancer. It could be a decision. It could be a relationship situation. And you realize I'm weak in reference to this. I don't know what to pray. Yes, seek to know better how to pray and go to God and say, order my steps in your word and let not iniquity have dominion over me. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to thy word. Grow in the word. Go to prayer. Pray. But then I could say, put back your easy chair for a little bit and know he's got you covered. He's gonna take care of you. Rest in that. Grab a hold of grace because that's what Romans 8 is. If you were justified by faith, he's got you covered. He's going to bring you home. But know that the Spirit is praying for you. So as you enter Thanksgiving week, there are lots of things to be thankful for, but I just gave you another one, and that's this. Believers, you've got the Holy Spirit praying for you, okay? He's praying for you right now. But I end with this. However, it says this. He intercedes for the, did you catch this? The saints. Where do I get all of that bounty? Where do I get all that promise? It all comes and it's unlocked through the person of Jesus Christ. You have got to recognize Jesus as the one and only way to salvation. You've got to come to him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And when you come to him, you get all the benefits and he will bring you home. He will. Remember the story in uh, Peter's life when he was about to run into one of those smaller problems on his way to heaven? It looked pretty big because uh, Jesus was going, I mean, he was prophesying going to the cross and Jesus goes ahead and tells them as one of the members of the Trinity that Satan has desired to sift him like what? Wheat. 
Satan wants to chop you up and destroy you. And, I'll, uh, and I will remind every believer in this room, Satan would love to take advantage of your life and sift you like wheat. But what does the second person of the Trinity do? There. But I have what? Prayed for you. That your faith would not fail. And what do we know? Yeah, he stumbled. He denied. But then you go to John 21, you see his restoration, and then you see Pentecost, and then you read First and Second Peter. And guess what? Peter's home. Jesus is going to get you through if you're a believer. Know that he prays for you and thank him for it. Don't stop praying, okay? Thank him for it and keep moving forward on your spiritual life. And guess what? Next time we get together, next time we're in Romans, we're gonna see another part of this tower of your security in Christ. Praise the Lord for what he's done. Thank you for listening to Treasuring Scripture. It's our desire that every Christian treasure God's Word in their heart. To follow our podcast, please hit the subscribe button. If you're interested in learning more about our church, please visit LebanonBaptist.org.